And we're going to go off with the trusted one, two, three, go no, system to line them up. Uh, okay, yeah. That works, man. All right, who's doing our intro once we one, two, three, go it? Not me. Let's get a live from New York. It's Wayuka Rogan Experience Live. Uh, I'm not doing that, but <laughs> I will introduce the pod. All, All right, right, good enough. Good deal. <laughs> All right. One, one two, two, three, two, go. Wayuka Rogan. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wayuka Rogan Experience, the Atlanta, Athens music scene and more podcast. Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Athens. This is Robert. And oh yeah, this is Will here. Yeah, Jack Webster. Jack O. Is it? Are we expanding to an Atlanta, Athens, and New York podcast though? Because I know you've been boots uh, on the ground checking some stuff out and more. I could help. Yeah, that could help. Uh, I mean, sh- I guess we already have, kind of. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really been, haven't seen too many shows. Uh, definitely not of any like local bands or anything. I've kind of been laying low on that front. Uh, been a little busy. So I hear you. It's not like I really have a scene report or anything like that up my sleeve, but I'm sure y'all do. So that's true. Well, we had uh, a yeah. we had some New York bands down here. Our good friend Lizzie came down with, right. with her band Jesuit. Right. I think it was with the band Television Overdose. And then Jezreel played she, a set. Yeah, she put together a band uh, for her solo project, Jezreel, consisting of members of TVOD and just people she knew in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, to to you know fill out the bill with another act and uh, a good one at that. Yeah, John Restivo of Rose Hotel, uh, CDSM, etc. Fame jumped in there. From what I understand, they didn't even get a chance to re- rehearse with John. He was just locked in enough that he like walked on stage, played the set, and it was seamless. So that was super impressive. It was great to see Lizzie. Damn. Yeah, you uh, you seen any of any of Lizzie Wakefield up there? Wakefield, yeah. Tim Wakefield, Lizzie. <laughs> oh, Larson was telling me that she was playing a house show at her apartment in Brooklyn. I think this past weekend. Yeah, I don't really know the logistics of that, but uh, sounds like a pretty fun thing to try and do. 
I know they have a space. They've got a backyard set up over there. Because when I was up ah, up okay, uh, yeah. playing in Queens with Monsoon this summer, mm-hmm. they were having a house show too. So we went over there after we got done over at TVI. Sweet. Um, which crazy night. I'm just going to do the name drop anyway because we were opening for Screaming Females. Whoa. Yeah, which was just insane shredding. Like, I was kind of a fan beforehand, but walked out of there like, okay, I get why there's so much fuss about this band. I've always I've always thought they kind of like, they kind of have like a rush element. Like the band Rush. I was getting like Hendrix and stuff. Like, yeah. Like indie Hendrix was was kind of cool. Gnarly guitar. Dude, indie Hendrix. I mean, there you go. Uh, speaking of Nashville, we can definitely do a little pit report on... Um, Reunited for one, two, two special nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diarrhea oh. Planet, one of my favorites. Yeah. Damn, DP. Oh, shit. that it was crazy it was rowdy it was rowdy i think the show ended with most of the band in the crowd and most of the crowd on the stage yeah Uh, we got on stage love that i believe you may have grabbed a shirt that was laying on stage yeah a shirt just a to wear just a shirt just to have yeah it was like a a shirt they were selling that was just oh he stole uh, a shirt is yeah. someone had paid for it and then it somehow wound up. It was a, it was a shit show. I held it up. I said, "Did anyone lose a shirt?" <laughs> very quietly and <laughs> very quietly, and no one said anything. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just held on to it in case somebody came looking for it. The big thing about that show is part of why it was so big. It wasn't just the fact that it was a reunion. It was they were reuniting to play what was for what everybody knows is the last show. Ever to be at the exit in. I didn't know they were Yeah, mm. I showed up and I thought it was just a diarrhea planet show, but it was like this emotional Nashville night where everyone's like, This place is legendary. Dude, uh man, Diarrhea Planet was so funny with like their banter on stage in terms of being like, You gotta support local you got this, <laughs> like community that community's all that matters. We build the scene here. Yeah. And you know that kind of shit, and it was it was heartfelt, and it honestly made it me. It was an pre- emotional night for a lot of Nashvillians. Nashvillians. They were they were. It was so corny, but it was in a way that made me appreciate Diarrhea Planet more because I felt like they were always like, "Yeah, we're badass and cool," but on this show, it was like, "We're just guys that love to rock, and like we know, you yeah. know." And they they wouldn't yet. they wouldn't have had. <clears throat> you know, access to the exposure that was like really important to them without that venue, specifically I Exit mean, In in Nashville, which they, you know, mm-hmm. reference across their catalog lyrically. And, you know, that's kind of their home base. That's their that's their 40 watt club. Yeah, I was going to say, you think that'd be on par with the 40 watt shutting down? God forbid. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think they're both, they are two of the last like great 
if not American, like you know, Southeast, big independent yeah. independent venues, yeah, indie venues in, in America, yeah, sure. yeah, like everything's owned by AEG or Live Nation or something. Like, like yeah, and what was interesting about kind of the dialogue that night is people were talking about like bands on stage were also talking about how, like, I guess the property that is the exit in currently, like they're probably going to turn that into like a big hotel or lofts or whatever, but, um, they're going to like keep some branding of the exit in, in the lobby to be like paying lip service to it essentially, which Mm. everyone is obviously in a very cynical sort of, we destroyed it, but we're acting like we're paying homage kind of way. Yeah. It's pretty much getting, it's getting foundried, you know, it's getting the foundried. So like it's getting Mm -hmm. acquired by, a hotel that's going to act like they care about the, you know, history and music in that town, which maybe they do or, you know, I most likely don't. Speaking of the foundry, that's uh, got me thinking of since the last episode, unfortunately, rest in peace, Aaron Carter has passed away. <laughs> I was thinking about when you, you know, booked him at the Foundry and, you know, did y'all get to like meet or did you get to talk at all? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I cover it pretty extensively on an episode of our friend's podcast, the whatever you want, uh, podcast. Yep. And Zach. Yeah. Zach Mountcastle. John. Soon to be a guest on this show. John Julian and Durs, whatever. Great show. Go check it out. Great group of guys. Um, but okay. no, I mean, I had, pr- I would argue I had more face to face time with Aaron Carter that night than I, you know, initially would have wanted to. Um, what do you mean? Wow. I think it was mostly just like, you don't really want to meet your heroes. Okay. That you- up close and personal, especially after the kind of height of their careers. You met Diarrhea Planet. Oh, I met Emmett. Um, and then the other guys we met that time when we opened for him at 41 were not that nice, but (laughs) I mean, you know, that's how it goes. So back to AC. AC, extremely nice guy. I will say that we had a, a bit of a, like hiccup in the night. Uh, I got a call from his management saying that they had, um, received Intel that a dangerous fan had bought VIP tickets to the show. Oh no! Dangerous fan is a nice way of saying someone who's on the do not admit list. A stalker. Yeah, basically. a stalker. With, and so you know, I had to go talk to Aaron about that. He told me some crazy stories. So what? She tried to show up like disguised, right? Yeah. She tried to show up in a wig or yeah, something. Yeah, she was a an initially a brunette. No, actually, what happened is we ended up using the side entrance to better regulate attendees okay <clears throat> and we locked up the main entrance and so we saw heightened security that's yeah a lot, that's a lot more precaution than a normal show oh yeah especially for a venue like the foundry mm-hmm. and one of our security guys uh noticed a woman in a blonde wig shaking the gates trying to get in and then fleeing upon being confronted jeez so we did for we did 
Flee. Prevent. <laughs> yeah. She's just running just through that parking lot. Oh, yeah. Probably, you know. Armstrong. To like the city Forest hall. Head lounge. There. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere safe. So this is, this is where it gets a little crazier than that. But from what I understand, this fan had an incident where she tried to sneak into his hotel room at like a at a prior show or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, multiple times. And tried to like hide in the vents. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just calling back. We just lost Robert's signal. But it's okay. Well, yeah, I guess I'll continue. When, uh, there we go. Hey, Yo, we're good? I'm back. What's up? All right, cool. Good, good to have you back. So, yeah, she snuck into... Like his hotel room, and I guess um, I mean not like, exactly like Die Hard style was in the vents. She, yeah, right? she <laughs> snuck in <laughs> above <laughs> his hotel room, like <laughs> through the through like, the vents. And this is HVAC. all you know. These are all stories that like Aaron told me. So uh, upon me asking, you know, how serious is this? Like, do we want to just let her in? Uh, no. And just not let her no. VIP. And he was just like, absolutely not. And here's why. And yeah, she, you know, waited above his hotel room in the air vents for apparently like enough hours to where one would need to soil themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so she, Did she? So she shit her pants oh. in the vents. And then, what, okay. According to AC. Hold up. So I'm going a, I'm to a flip this to the boys here. Let's say you, I'm assuming she was, you know, I'm gonna maybe romantically obsessed with AC as well. Right. Are we thinking? Understandable. Once you shit your pants and you're in the vents, do you wait it out and and be like, hey, I did this for you? Like, no. is it that kind of crazy? No. Or do you just crawl backwards through the vents? You got to clean up first. Because you can't turn around in a vent. In, right, in like right. I don't vent. think there's that much logic. That's got to hurt your chances. Of a like, super fan's mind. Of whatever your dream scenario was supposed to be. That's got to uh, say, what was my plan B here? Because right. plan A is not looking great. I think she was aiming for more of a, uh, what was it? Who's the who's the Huck, Huckleberry Finn's friend? Tom Sawyer. Mark Twain. Couldn't she just get out of the vents, yeah, crawl into the room, use the bathroom? They are having the funeral for uh, most of the Huckleberry other Finn, and like he he's watching it from the from the rafters, and then he like jumps down and he's like, "I'm right here, baby. Let's do this." <laughs> Everyone's like really mad at him. I think that was more of okay her angle. Well, yeah, could understand. Uh, that's got to. It's got to suck ass, and rest in peace, dude. That guy was really talented and loved by all of us and, yep. and many, many, First many CD people. I ever bought. I loved him. I had him on Hit Clips um, way oh, back. Wow. Yeah, that and the Baja Men. Who let the doggies out? Is that when you brush your teeth <laughs> and it plays a song? <laughs> the that's, doggies. That's Tooth, tooth Tunes? What's what's Hit Clips? Uh, the little, you don't know? I'm dating myself here. Um, no, nah, dude. I'm too young. It's just like this little speaker that you put in like a little tape chip and it plays one song. Oh, it's like it's a little teeny tiny. It's like palm size, yeah. Nice. Like a micro cassette or something? I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, so I think that about covers the Aaron Carter passing. Damn. What other shows? There's been There's been so many damn shows and a lot of people putting music out. Like Vessel just dropped their first single.
Which is sick. Their first single? Yeah, Vessel's first recorded single was come out. It's kind of funny because I because okay. like okay. with Fun Isn't Fair and Post Hunk and all the other bands that they've played in together, like it kind of gets mixed up. But from yeah. what I understand, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. I believe this is public information. They got signed by Double Phantom to put out a record. And a lot of people, when you think of Double Phantom, like I didn't know that they were still releasing music. They famously put out the Balkans record mm-hmm. in like 2011 or whatever. Yeah, Double Phantom, Atlanta-based labels, done a lot of sick music from around wow. here. That's awesome. And um, definitely seeing a resurgence with the Balkans documentary that uh, our friend Autumn from uh, Mainline Zine has been publishing on YouTube. Definitely go check right. that out. It's she releases it in parts, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it all it's the been way out already? Or I think there, I think we're still waiting on other parts to come out. But cool. A much, uh, a much demanded story. 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 Well, you Rogan experience. I'm here with senior music editor of Mainline Zine, Autumn James. Autumn, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Will? I'm fantastic. And part, one of the many reasons why I'm fantastic right now is because I love talking about Balkans. When I started writing for Mainline, um, you know, the Balkans album was kind of an inspiration for that in general of like, I'd been following Atlanta music even when I didn't live here. And that record is really important to me. Um, but then at the end of 2020, I was kind of, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do the next year and like kind of making some plans for, for coverage. And I was like, oh, the Balkans record turns 10. Like, let mm-hmm. me do something special for this. Um, just because I had seen so closely through covering Atlanta music, how influential it had been. Right. Yeah. So I kind of had this idea that I would just write something that was kind of a review of it and just to look at like how it had influenced the Atlanta scene. And then once I started doing some research, I saw that like there wasn't anything to find on the internet and that um, it kind of just existed in this weird place in time where that like it didn't, nothing from MySpace had rolled over media fire links are all gone mm-hmm. um so i took on like a little <laughs> job and was like let me document this and then i recorded all the interviews for my notes and that it was just too valuable to not make into like video content and then it was like okay this is gonna be a mini documentary so did you feel like uh the interest in the subject that people have far outweighed the amount of content like people were really thirsty about What's good, like at least the fanship for Balkans is so much bigger than you know what we can find in terms of interviews and stuff like that from the past. Were you kind of filling a void here? Is this like I'm seeing a market, or is just a more of like this rabbit hole thing? Um, I mean, I guess a bit of both in a way. Like, I had noticed how much like people were like commenting on the content that was there on the internet, like particularly on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you could watch over the years, you could look at like the timestamps of these comments that are just like, I just discovered this record. And you know, they'd been broken up for like five years at that point. And they're right. like, where do I find more? And there's like nothing for them to find. And I know that as a reader now, but like they don't. Um, and then like, I was seeing just like little breadcrumbs of that on any little thing I could find. So there, over the years there had been this desire for it. And then, um, and I'm, I'm hesitant to speak just like in sheer numbers, but like even just over the course of the time that I had, I've been working on this project, like their streaming numbers on Spotify, there was like a month that I was working on it. I think in like August and September of 2021, mm-hmm. um, their streams were going up by like a thousand streams a day with like zero PR on any, like for no apparent reason. Right. Um, so like people had a desire to like, at least like consume the, this music, right? Um, locally, I think it's a little different. Um, I think those are people who, like young kids who were like just discovering it and it was like new and exciting. Um, I think Balkans holds like a different place as far as how like Atlanta musicians think about it or people who were there at the time. Uh, it was kind of a mixed bag, right? Like some people were more nostalgic for that time and like some weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people who like were really interested in like, hey, I would love to see pictures from this time that I was involved in. Like some people had a, had a big desire for that for sure. Yeah, Balkans kind of sits at an interesting point, and I believe you bring this up in part one of like, there was a moment there where uh, Atlanta bands were starting to do this big crossover into national attention. You talk about this lineage of Deer Hunter. And the Black Lips. crossing over from this like local Atlanta garagey drony scene whatever respectively which we kind of at the time thought of as like this is what the Atlanta sound is in retrospect I'm sure a lot of scenes consider themselves like we're doing garage punk I don't give a fuck what you doing to me those two bands made it for example they got massive on Pitchfork was Balkans gonna be the next one and so there's kind of this interesting um, point in terms of the memory hole of like, it's sitting on the edge between national and local, right? Mm-hmm. Or international and local even, where you're going like, how big is this really? Mm-hmm. To me, that leaves a lot to explore in terms of like the potential, but also the legacy. Yeah, I mean, I think it was even a surprise as I was telling people in their interviews for the documentary, like how large scale their fanship was at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get messages from kids regularly about um, part one and like, and throughout this process as there's been, you know, the trailer and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, they're like 18, 19 year old kids that like live in California for the most part. Um, yeah. I, I also asked like, um, I asked the guys like, hey, can you look at like your Spotify analytics and see like, where are are they coming from Atlanta these streams I was a little afraid because like 
the streams were going up so much at one point while I was doing interviews. I was like, did I accidentally like spur this by like talking to people about it? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, cool. What if they get too famous <laughs> and I can't do yeah. the, the rest of my interviews? Well, like, I, <laughs> I was like, cause there was like no apparent reason for that. Right. But mm -hmm. like, um, what I've found, I mean, just in asking like what the PR did look like at the time. Um, right. I mean, they were, they didn't get picked up by pitchfork. Um, to review the record, but, um, one of the, like, some of the early singles were written about by, like, NPR, um, I think Vice did one, um, Brooklyn Vegan, I think, um, I'd yeah. have to look, so, I mean, they were Brooklyn national. Vegan did, for sure. Yeah, national outlets, but I, honestly, the biggest thing that I think, as far as PR, from that time that was beneficial was really uh, the Needle Drop reviewed them. Hi everyone, Anthony Fantano here, the internet's busiest music nerd. Which at the time, like, that wasn't as respectable of, like, a, a medium for critique, but, like, yeah. it ended up being huge, obviously. One of many vloggers who happened to be, at this point in 2022, is kind of, like, the voice of, like, indie music reviews and that kind of thing so to have that person having stamped it which i guess we might as well get into it how'd you hook up with anthony fantano um yeah so actually um my roommate tay mccormick who worked on um she did a lot of the filming she also um made the intro animation and um there's like some really cool um, footage that's like on a little TV that we yeah. like play like kind of a flashback kind of um, mm -hmm. sort of thing. She a classic that. device. Yeah, like um, so she really helped with the production on that, and uh, she happened to meet Fantano um, when she was working at Adult Swim and had kept in contact. So she asked if we could use that footage, and he was nice enough to oblige. People don't really know the names of like music reviewers but like people know who anthony fantano is right. so it's kind of a lucky break that he was the one who did pick it up and maybe not pitchfork because i don't think people are like looking through that archive quite as much as they are his basically this thing is kind of like punks at prom they're in tuxedos their mohawks are shaved off their misfits tattoos are covered with sleeves but there's still an edge there. Their shoes are clean, but it's a spit shine. Part one starts off with this really brilliant illustration of, I guess, what should have happened or what people might have expected to happen to a band that broke up so quickly, so young, after one full length, basically to be forgotten about, essentially, other than, like, maybe remembered by your friends and a few old heads in the scene type of thing locally. Why do you think that didn't happen to Balkans? Why do you think they had this kind of longer echo? So that's kind of been my big thing I'm trying to figure out, right? Like, mm -hmm. why is that not the case for them? Why were they not just this forgotten little band, especially from um, the certain era that they are from? Right. Um, because they, like, do predate Spotify. Um and I did find there's a lot of stuff that was forgotten. There are tons of bands that I discovered through this process that like, yeah, no one remembers. So I do actually have this comparison that I can make. And um, particularly in a technical sense, I think it is because of the production. 
I I do mm. think that like what you were saying is is that uh, at the time like people were doing like this kind of garage punk thing and that everything was like very lo-fi that was yeah. kind of cultural at the time like that was happening on a national scale right um, for them to put out what was like an extremely pristine hi-fi record yeah completely set them apart I don't think people are quite as nostalgic for that sound at this particular time. Maybe it'll circle back around. Um, but that production, because it is so crisp and clean and precise, it has a timeless quality to it. Um, and I, I don't know that we would still be talking about this record if it was like this super like fuzzy, distorted, blown out record, which honestly, it's written to be that. Like, you could see a version of it where it is, and, and many of the original singles are. Right. But because it, it's this really pristine record, I think that's part of it. And also, um, I think they were just, like, really they were really good. I don't know, dude. Right, like, certainly. They were young. They were cute. Like, they were these cute kids that, like, were clearly really close. And they had this energy about them. And I know that's not, like, a technical thing to point to. But I kind of think their friendship was a little bit a part of that. I think you can hear that in the work that they're just, like, these lifelong friends. Right. And it's definitely got that boy band uh, component, which is one of the things I love about uh, part one, you know, with a boy band, you sort of looks like this is the badass and this is the funny <laughs> one and this, you know, that kind of thing. This is the heartthrob. Uh, one of the things I wonder about is if the echo that we're still hearing of them is partially due to, you know, Frankie went on to play in Deer Hunter and now Omni. <laughs> Both bands, obviously, super influential. I, I played a show in New Jersey this summer. A band sounded exactly like Omni. And I, was, and I was just like, you guys sound like Omni. And they were like, oh, dude, we love that band. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool that they didn't try to be like, who's, no? Yeah, we don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's not enough to push everything over the edge. There's plenty of people that have gone into other projects mm-hmm. that we still know of that people aren't like digging through their old bands and catalogs. One of the other things that's dope about the documentary is you're bringing out people from other bands like Mood Rings. The Clap. And uh, Philip from Carnivores. Also Omni. What did that bring to the table for you? Um, I think going back and listening to all these bands and and really discovering like what was the social scene here, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's not just like these are some other bands that I could talk to that were around. Like these were all people who were friends. They were playing shows together. I got to look at like what the context of Balkans was 
Um, and that was really, really helpful. And I got to see, like, there were some really good bands back then. Or, like, they were... Definitely. I think some of them were still finding their footing. Like, these were, like, the first bands of a lot of people that would go on to, like, have other projects that I think would do it a little better. Sure. Um, but Prototypes. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and a lot of those people, they're still in the scene. Like, I loved talking to Tim Gratz. Like, he is someone who has... Like, he's in karaoke now. And I kind of got to hear about this, like, past life of mm -hmm. um, this musician that I still very regularly say, see play live. Same for Philip from Omni. Um, and to hear some of these, like, early songs from these people gave so much context to their work that they're making now and what kind of shaped Balkans like who were the people that were like giving them feedback on their songs who were the people at their shows telling them like hey I, I really liked this one that this new one that you guys played like and how could that have had an effect on what later became their their first LP Is this Atlanta looking back on like a golden age and sort of getting like overly nostalgic, ODing on our own, like, man, we really killed it back then? Or do you think things are in a similar or parallel place? Where are we sitting right now? Um, I mean, I think it's easy to look um, through like rose colored glasses at this time mm -hmm. just because it looked like this moment where that like Atlanta was gonna be on the map uh, and like really well respected for like alternative music. And I think a lot of people had a desire for that reputation. Um, now that sort of like geographical like association with like a scene, the internet has like changed that or like the mm -hmm. way that we're listening to music is just like a little different. And so that's not as important as I think it was in the like, late 2000s when this scene is sort of developing um so to look at it now and compare it through the same eyes I, I think would be unfair but I will say that I think that Balkans marks something very interesting where that like we had Deer Hunter and Black Lips and it seemed like okay Balkans is the next one and there and because it doesn't happen I think there's a mentality shift in the scene, just generally, that I I think there was at least. Um, we see a couple other bands kind of do the same Balkans thing, right? Where that they like, maybe they release an album and it does get national press and then they also quit. Um, nice. We see that. Um, it's not quite the same with Mood Rings, but like Mood Rings was on Mexican Summer. Right, right. Um, and they were like kind of doing the thing and then, and then they quit. Um, after that, we get Warehouse. Warehouse is the other one people cite, right? And they have, they suffer from like the same kind of curse of the Atlanta <laughs> band where that like, they put out these like excellent records that like people are still talking about. And then it just didn't happen. Um, not because people didn't want it to, they just like didn't want to do it anymore. 
mm-hmm. um, which is fine. They don't have to do it anymore if they don't want. But um, I think because those particular bands that I think everyone saw is like really doing doing the band thing really well. I think other people got really complacent in the scene of like, okay, well, if they couldn't do it, maybe we can't do it. And maybe we just rise to the success of being a big Atlanta band for Atlanta. Um, I, I do think that that mentality exists sometimes. And um, maybe there's not as many examples as, as I would personally like for people to look at of like, this is a pathway to national notoriety potentially um or like a more professional career in music like this scene is or the you know like getting big in atlanta doesn't have to be the roof it can be like a step on that road yeah like you can kind of just like rise to a different level or that maybe doesn't have to be the metric that you're looking at um and i it's easy to get like insular in a music scene. Like all your friends are at these shows and like, it's fun and you're all like, that's totally fine. And if that's your intention, I think that can be your intention. Um, I love a lot of stuff that is like happening in the Atlanta music scene. Mm -hmm. Um, There are plenty of things being made here that I think are really special. And that I think if it went out on the road that like people in other parts of the U S would really resonate with it. Um, but I do, I, I think that the, I think Balkans not um, kind of succeeding in a certain way did, did change things um, for like how, how we look at like what a band from Atlanta can do now. I won't say it doesn't have an effect. Wow, wow, wow. I've been That was Autumn James, and the name of the documentary is Balkans, an Oral History. We're going to link to part one in the description notes of this show. Please check it out, because it is totally sick. And now, back to the boys. What do you think it was that made that band something that people didn't forget about? Because that seems to be the big focus of the documentary, is that it's not about hey, the Balkans or Balkans were a sick band. There are a lot of sick bands that come and go, but why is this one that people seem to hang on to and keep going back to that as like, this is that legendary Atlanta shit? It's just a really good album. I think it's, one. yeah, I think it's just a really good album. I think it's also like a supply and demand thing. Like you only got so much and we're given access to so little. The mystique that, that comes you know, with that. Yeah. And people our age, it's like you... Um, probably weren't old enough to go see them when they were playing, even though they were like in high school and stuff. You were yeah. God damn it. <laughs> we lost Rob again. Yeah. And he's back. Quit yeah, doing like, yeah, that. Like I never got to see that. Did either, did y'all ever see Balkans? Didn't they do I like a reunion I wanted to go to show? that. There was like a wedding or one of them one of had them got a wedding. Married and yeah. A couple years ago. I was ago. at that show. Tuxes, Drunken Unicorn, suits. right? It was at the Drunken Unicorn. Dude, speaking of independent venues getting shut down, man, Drunken Unicorn's about Damn. to be gone. Oh, wow. Did you hear about that? Oh, wow. I didn't that know whole that. block, right? MJQ, the local. yeah, the local. MJQ's been gone, MJQ's been gone for uh, a second, right? I was there like a few weeks ago. They even put a picture oh, okay. of me Aren't on their Instagram. Are they going to try and uh, cool move it to underground? I believe they're going to try and like 
you know, continue the MJQ brand in a new space at a underground. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be I don't rad. know about the uh, unicorn. That'd be really cool. They're owned, but they're owned by the same people, right? So that could be involved as well. I don't know. I mean, we've been hearing about the bakery and mammal gallery supposed to be coming back uh, after they shut down, and we've heard like several iterations, several kind of starts and stops of like it's going to be in a water tower. Never mind, they're teaming up Dude, with the bakery. That was, I mean, like that whole thing was nuts. Yeah, it, that. It, that's hilarious. It's like the venue that you would go like, we're going to have a pub at the top of the water tower. Yeah. I mean, like how much would that cost to like set up a venue in top of a water tower? And then you're, I don't know, but like it, would, it would be like show. the most <laughs> legendary venue in the world, I guess. Uh, that would, that would be super tight. That's for sure. Adam, you know anything about this? We're here with Adam Crawford of cat eye gallery. What's going on, dude? Cat Eye Creative. What up, yo? I think they're doing the Yellow River Studios, and it's going to make the bakery. Chris Yonker from Mammal Gallery, he's doing tattooing now called Morning Mouth on Instagram, and he's really fire. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a bunch of creatives. I hope it kicks off sooner than later because we need more shit like that in the city, but I don't know. I'm not a real estate developer, so <laughs> I not control it. Damn. Not yet. Huh. Yellow River, though, that makes me think of the Yellow River Boys. Yeah. Hopefully, to songs to about their premise about piss. <laughs> yeah, songs about drinking piss. <laughs> Tattoos about drinking piss. Do y'all know them, the boys? Uh, not personally. Uh, no, no. Damn. I think uh, Tim Heidecker talked about he that, would, that Athens band one time. Oh, you're talking about partials? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, on Tim Heidecker's show, uh, Office Hours, I believe, with Vic Berger, he was he gave a shout out to Partials, and I'll, we'll go ahead and give a shout out to Partials. Yeah, it's a good band. Consider it done. Overdone or do overdue? <laughs> Not overdone. <laughs> Not overdone. <laughs> I, I don't know if this makes sense to tell, but I'll get it out. But <laughs> the uh, Balkans reunion show, which was following one of the band members' weddings, because um, everybody was in tuxes. Punks at prom. They're in tuxedos. That was the day we got back from the first ever uh, attempt at a Juan de Fuca tour. Which was out there to, there it is again, Juan Fuga's <laughs> back on the podcast. Um, I'm here still. I'm here. Okay. Oh, that's good. Robert's cool. still here. <laughs> Thank God. Are you on Wi-Fi, dude? Well, yeah. The uh, tour got cut short, or the last show got canceled because we were out in Austin in January for Free Week, which is just a kind of more local oriented 
South by where all the shows are free and it's cool, but nice. we got hit by a snowstorm and had to, I think, you know, we probably would not have risked driving back were it not for that Balkan show, <laughs> but we were just, you know, s- sliding on ice the whole way home from Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, I could see Jack Barry being like, I would, I would love to die. If I go, if I go out and being like, he was trying to see Balkans, dude. Like, that's not a bad legacy. I always think of, of things in those terms of, like, I don't want to die. I, w- I want to be alive and healthy. But, like, there are some ways that are uh, obviously cooler to go out than others. Like, getting it eat, ripped up by sharks, that's cool. Um, dying because you were trying to do, like a, yeah. l- like, a goofy, like, TikTok video and you accidentally walk in front of a martyr bus, that's embarrassing. Yeah, that's bad. Unless it's cool. That'd be a viral <laughs> video, though. That would be nuts. Well, if TikTok banned it. me for smoking yeah. weed, I don't think they're going to let you broadcast your own death. But I know people have like gotten shot trying to do pranks and stuff like that for TikTok. So wow. not how I would choose to go out. But getting shot not for a TikTok prank. That's great. Like an Old West style duel. That, that could be cool. Uh, I think that's how I'm going to go. You think you're not doing a TikTok? Who are you? I don't have TikTok. Who's your Aaron Burr? Yeah, who do you think you're gonna duel with? Oh, um, would this be like a at high noon in the Earl parking lot? I just (laughs) got put on the spot. Maybe Robert, ideally. Wow. Yeah. Surprise visit from Robert just to shoot you. You guys are still mad at each other about that uh, the the pho thing. (laughs) Yeah, we. About what? No, no, there's nothing. Rob, we're good. All right, what's up? We got this. Well, Annie Leith's playing tonight at the Earl, so that's another local drop going on. Yep. Annie Leith, famously of the Faye Webler experience. <laughs> Webler. Webler. That's gonna stick. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, indeed. Your your girlfriend's asking me what time that kicks off. I'm just shooting a quick response. Okay. And My girlfriend's uh, texting you. Mm-hmm. Whoa. We text all the time. Huh. We're good we're good friends. <laughs> is that okay? How about well, that? Is, that, <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> Jack West has been texting my girlfriend all the gosh dang time. Should I kick his ass? Or do I let it slide? Come on, give it to me. Jack Webster texting my girlfriend now. I got the Jack Webster texting my girlfriend blues. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'll see you at high noon in the Earl parking lot, my man. <laughs> Damn. So y'all are doing. We're, we're I'll, doing. I'll meet you. Pull up with a couple of high noons. We'll drink a drink a high noon and dueling duels. We'll do it. Yeah. We'll get Rob down here. Oh yeah, dude. I got, you got ice, I got last, ice night? last night. <clears throat> do you want to? How'd that go? Andy iced him. Uh, got it on video too. So there's video evidence. Wow. 
Um, well, you see, I had I had no getting out of this one. I had brought home a bottle of limoncello that Faye and I made with my uncle in Texas, and you know, wholesome. Uh, Annie was it's like, "Well, I got a, right? got something for you too," and it was it was a, a pint of Smirnoff Ice. Oh wow! How'd it go? Did you just, you, what, you do it like a gentleman? You hustle that whole thing down. I took, I, I took my time, but I got I got it. You took a knee. I got it down. I took no knees. Get on the chair. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was a casual icing, not a formal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, you know, I think the the best formal icing in recent history was... Wasn't Booth iced when we were doing that video shoot? Also a then? casual icing. He just sipped on it while yeah, he ate Wendy's. It was Wendy's. huge. Yeah. <laughs> was that, that like 24 ounces? It was a big one. But <laughs> hiding the ice in the wiffle ball bucket during the Summer Slugger Invitational and Jack Arnold finding it on the mound. Dude. Taking a knee like a gentleman. Oh, that's what that Slamming was? the ice. And then next pitch, Jay Cherry hit a grand slam off of him. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Jack got a grand slam back a later, though. Oh that's man, going that's so legendary. Very yeah. Noted. yeah, one time, um, you know, I was I was probably 13, 14 years old. Um, I thought it'd be funny. I kind of just found out about, you know, I was like watching Tosh Point oh, whatever. Found out what icing was, and I thought it'd be a good idea to ice my own father. And uh, you know, it didn't go the way that I had hoped. He uh, did he not know about all that? He ended up uh, <laughs> he beat me with a belt. <laughs> How old were you? Hootie? You were old enough to buy Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> no, I was. I'm just kidding. My dad would never. Uh, okay. <laughs> He's okay. a great guy. <laughs> See, my dad has. No, Web- but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Webby's known about icing for about a year, and he loves getting ice because it makes him feel very included. <laughs> I will just note icing that. Your dad. And he's just like, can you believe it? I got iced <laughs> again. That's going I'm on the ground. Like it's like a popularity thing. It's like he's getting points every time he gets. We iced. should just bring <laughs> ice every time I come over to your. You know, what we need to do. I, yeah, dude, I would I like just ice your dad with no repercussions. I'm of, gonna do. That. I would argue we we try to do no it belt. before the end of the year. Maybe New Year's episode featuring Webby oh, as yeah. our guest, and sick. then ice him on the show. Dude. Yes. Yeah. How do Love we? That. How do we do that? Like a bag, so easy. He's oblivious. That sort of thing. <laughs> there's a no, wa- oh, there's a water in the jacket or something. We all yeah, have water. Yeah, I'll roll yeah. it up in a you know like a 1970s Playboy and be like, "Why don't you take a look at these?" And he's like, "Feels kind of heavy." <laughs> oh, <laughs> last words. <laughs> no, Ooh, Miss January. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and then he just pulls out a belt and beats the shit out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for Hootie. <laughs> We could, yeah, we could dub that in there. Yeah, I guess so. Um, sick. Well, that's it's good to know that the icing tradition is still alive and well. Hey, uh, I want to hear about the video shoot. Oh, that sick! Y'all did last weekend. Nice setup. Or yeah, man. Two weekends ago. It was it was pretty crazy. We went through a lot of chaos, like uh, trying to rent a big ass box truck because i've been yeah what the fuck we've been by driving box trucks uh jack w and myself for work all the time was that's something we started doing back in louisiana when we were in construction and then when we got into film here um you know that was like a a easy skill that carried over where people were like oh i can give you like your first couple jobs because i know you know how to do this is is a 
it was a good way to get in the game. And I've personally, I've kind of fallen in love with it. I love driving box trucks. I love seeing box trucks, checking them out. But regardless, this video was like our, there's a little bit of a love letter to the box truck, box truck driving culture, culture and scene. Mm. And, uh, so yeah, we had a lot of friends jump in and help us out again. Roommate Jada and, uh, Alexa were big. Oh yeah. Like, Jada and set, Alexa. Set dressers. They came in they and clutch. Yeah. Like, we set up a crazy set inside this box truck to look like a living room. Booth came through, brought a squad. We had a squad. Some of the people were in both squads. And yeah, it was it was just insane. I don't want to give away too much on top of right, that. Right, I can tell. I can tell you're holding back. It's uh it was it was a fun, very chaotic shoot that like just kinda everything went right. Like so many things could have gone wrong. I mean, the day did not start uh, on an encouraging note, I think we like immediately got kicked out of our oh, yeah. desired location <laughs> oh, yeah. um, within five minutes of pulling in. Where was that? Big parking lot over by Value, Value Village or where Value Village used to be. Yeah, down Moreland, you know. Oh, yeah. That place is like heavily patrolled these days, I think. Well, somebody owns it. It's, somebody it's owns weird. that. It is private. Yeah, property. but they're not getting any money other than somebody like I yeah, guess, like a ticket. That's actually being turned into uh, condos too. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's waiting for the big score over there. But I see. It was raining pretty bad. We had to we had to run out of the rain into Aldi to do a little meeting ad hoc <laughs> production meeting, where it's like us and uh, Casey, the director. We're just like standing next to the sun chips, just being like, "Yeah, I guess we need to like f- go to this, find a cemetery or something." Like we, it was crazy. So it it could have gotten it could have gone so foul. The whole thing could have been fucked up. But like everyone, like played their part. Y'all, y'all jacks were like busting your ass out there, doing scouting, moving furniture around and shit. It was uh, it felt like a really good team effort and. A, a lot of the squad came through to help us out, so that was fun. And it was super fun. So. Yeah, I think that's reflected, or will be reflected in the video that it it was just a fun time. Shit, <laughs> but yeah, we missed that you. That sounds Rob. amazing. Yeah, yeah we missed you, dude. Fucking sick. Um, yeah, and then we got. It's been like super busy in Wayuka World lately. Not that that's what people listen to this podcast for, but we, you know, been working on some Christmas, some seasonal type of shit. As we've been known to do this time of year. Making a little yeah. bit of a tradition out of it. We have like so. seven. We'll have seven or something. I think this is Six. year five. Yeah, but this is gonna, I think this is going to be our fifth. But just songs in total, I mean. But of yeah. Christmas songs. Nice. But we but we started, um, you know, planting our stake in other holidays. We got 420. We should think about what other holidays, like, we can start. You did, um, you get You get plays every you year. You had a nice yeah, they're, uh, video evergreen. that's been banned on certain social media I tried to invent a holiday called 840 Double Blaze. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is 420, uh, but it's times two. You get 840, and that would be... September... September 10th. 10th. Or 11th, I guess. It's the 9th, I believe. It's the the 40th day of August would be 840, 
So that double that, blaze that carries over into <laughs> September. I'd like to wish a happy 840 double blaze to all the real blazers across the globe. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Chinese communist blazer. It's time we all come together for one day and double blaze. Got my two jazz cigarettes here. We're gonna spark them up nice and smooth. Adam's loving that, and then yeah. <laughs> and and it Shaking goes e- it goes even more because you can do twelve sixty triple blaze. Uh, Jesus, I believe that's sometime in uh, late January. In like that's March. too much. <laughs> oh, twelve sixty. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. you know quadruple blaze. Like it, it keeps going. So, but TikTok did uh, disable our account for almost a year because I, you know, I had to do what I had to do to make that a holiday. Mm-hmm. And um, have we been banned for your 9/11? Yes. Uh, holiday video. <laughs> yeah, I did for the nine. Oh, I forgot about that one. This is 9/11. This is 9/11. Da, 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 da. This is 9/11. That's uh, what I was originally referencing. The 9/11 video I did. We were um, we were flagged for quote, inciting violent extremism, end quote. <laughs> wow. <laughs> on both Instagram. We were flagged. <laughs> on both Instagram and TikTok. So basically I've been accused of terrorism by two of the biggest companies in the world. And uh, so that's not good. That's not good. But we got yeah. we got 9-11, we got 420, we got Christmas. We should be thinking about Halloween. Oh, yeah. Do we not have a? We don't have any spooky. I mean, we have spooky stuff, but I guess not like <laughs> of the season. Yeah. Well, let's think about what do we think is the most profitable holiday outside of Christmas to like get a song in on. Like maybe I, I think it could be con- worth considering. Like if you're the main song for that holiday, like it's not a holiday that everybody else has a song for. Maybe you get a monopoly on St. Patrick's Day, kind of like a party holiday. I'm sure Dropkick Murphy's Murphy style. Yeah, I'm sure they have something, but that's a good angle. I'm thinking I'd, like you're Irish though. Your name is John Patrick. Yeah, we, we, we don't have to mention that. I'm Jacko on this pod. <laughs> I mean, you uh, could lead that. the you could lead the charge on this one. Yeah, that's that's your territory. And I think the <laughs> I think the community, right, I the St. Patrick's community would. I got four Receive months. It. Um, yeah, I'll get, I'll get yeah, working. If it's coming from a true Irish American, I think it's instead of just. The rest of us like pretending. Sure. Well, I mean, Robert, don't you have some Irish heritage? I mean, don't we all? <laughs> I mean, we're what are we? I think white are Americans. Webster's, Webster's, so, <laughs> aren't we at least? Webster's are Scottish. <laughs> Webler, what's Webler? <laughs> Welcome to the twenty-three and Me section of the show. I mean, I well, our our good friend, good friend of the pod, good friend of the band, Leah. Um, said she was going to help me learn how to do Hanukkah this year because, you know, my 23 and me has me at about 1.5% uh, Ashkenazi Jewish. And cool. I thought it was very nice of her to welcome me uh, with open arms and say, let me, you know, get in here, kid, and we can show Mom you how it's off, done. Man. That starts in what, it. like nine days or something? Isn't that coming Nine up days, exactly, yes. Wow. Wow, you're pretty brushed up. I saw something like two days ago that said it was in – 11 days so i just did the math Mm -hmm. okay well hanukkah already has hanukkah (laughs) music you know like adam sandler 
the Sandman. Oh, uh, yeah, he beat us to it. <laughs> so maybe we think about uh, another one, maybe monopolizing that holiday. We could do we are, Chinese we New Year. No, that's not going to be super well received. <laughs> yeah, either. You're right. The sales <laughs> has I done already. It's not really New Year's songs uh, of any sort, really. Yeah, they just say all old lang syne, but that song sucks. <laughs> Wait, y'all, y'all both said the same song. What is it? Old lang syne. For all Keep your eyes. Be forgot the, the grand gold flag. flag. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Yeah, man, you've been you've been well, you've been getting a jam up there with any of our, you know, formerly Athens Atlanta homies that are fellow transplants. Oh, actually, I did play with my dad. Uh, his band, his band had a show. Aged inventory. Last weekend was it? Aged inventory. That's right. That's right. And they played in New York. Uh, and uh, I played two songs with them. Hell yeah! Where uh, where was the show? It was at this place, like downtown Manhattan. Uh, it's just like small club. Uh, but I actually like really screwed it up pretty <laughs> badly. And, um, Were they covers that you played? Yeah, 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 two covers, two covers. Uh, Rolling Stones, Honky Tonk Women. Nice. And uh, Cinnamon Girl by Neil Young. Okay. Those are some classics. Yeah, and everything was going cool. You know, we were playing the Neil Young song. And there's this little, like, outro guitar part thing on the end that repeats twice. Okay. okay. And you know what? I got confused and uh, decided to end the song after the first repeat. <laughs> decided to. As, as us drummers often do, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, uh, but basically, like, my, my dad was, like, so disappointed in me. He was, like, so <laughs> sad. And like, I, and, like, I felt like, dude, like, I literally Aww. felt, like, so bad about it. Damn. Like, when I was done playing, I, I just like ran out of the venue and shit. No. Like, like, <laughs> it was like so dark. Did he roast you? Like, oh, say something. He didn't roast me, but I could tell through his like body language and, and his like tone mm-hmm. that he was like so disappointed. In me. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Uh, Slump shoulders. For screwing up for, for screwing up Neil Young, Cinnamon Girl. So that was my last, you know, jamming experience. If, nice. if I can recall upon a a happy memory or two, you know, so Robert and I have been playing together since like sixth grade and I think we we're practicing for the talent show for like seventh grade or something. And uh, his dad, he like kind of just kicked the door to the space we were practicing in. I can't remember if that was the basement at the old, at the old, old house or, uh-huh. but either way he, he comes in with a, with a strat on, like already on his body. Strat on. Strat on. Strat, on. Stratocaster. <laughs> and he okay. he uh he pulls the quarter inch out of my guitar and sticks it in his and be like, Will, I heard you down here like but if you pulled it up here an octave and you're just like, Dad, get out like it was, it was 
That's that, that type of stuff. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential here for the dad episode. You know, maybe just like we block get a, 15 Jesus. minutes per dad. Get all the dads yeah. in. I hear O'Reilly's dad's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, he's cool. What if it was just what if it was just all of our dads? <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're not even there. <laughs> they don't know us. what the podcast is. <laughs> None of us. Dude, I mean, I would still have to be there to set up the gear, but I mean... Other than, that, other than that, we can just cut them loose. I think. <laughs> and, and we're just producing in the background. Yeah. Put some heavy editing into that. Well, one. one thing I love and will always love about Mr. O'Reilly, uh, O'Reilly Sr., if you will, is uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of reasons why I like him. He's always been chill, been nice. He's he's hooked us up with a show or two and uh, <laughs> playing your sister's Sweet 16 yeah, back in the day. that was rad. And, um, yeah, like when we all moved in together, he, he like got us a 12-pack of Bud Light and was like, have at it, boys. Don't drink it all in one place. <laughs> that was cool. But, like, he the, the biggest thing for me was on our first ever Waiuka tour, uh, well before Jack Webster was in the mix, but we knew you at the time. But mm-hmm. we were going to South by, quote unquote. We really just were going to play in Austin while South by was happening. We were going to Austin, <laughs> and um, you know, my uh, my mom was like, she was, you know, she couldn't deal with it. She she was freaking out. She thought we were gonna like crash the truck or like. Get kidnapped or something, which almost did. Uh, Harris did Harris almost get kidnapped, did get kid- but yeah, he did technically get abducted. But um, regardless, <laughs> she we're, we're we're like at Robert's parents' house trying to like load our gear in the back of a pickup truck and like put a tarp on it, basically, to drive all the way to fucking Texas. And my mom's trying to stop us. Is like, no, just stay. Like, you can't go. And like for some reason, she called. Mr. O'Reilly to be like, you tell them that they can't go like they're too young. And your dad was just like on the phone, like on speaker in front of all of us. It's just kind of like, I mean, it, if that's fine with me. Like they can go. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> and, and I was just like, yes, dude, what a G. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'd even met him at that point. I was like, I owe this dude for life. Boom. Well, let's get him on the books. Boom. Yeah. We'll check. Let's Boom. check the schedules. <laughs> just the episode where we ice all of our dads. That'd be so. <laughs> that'd be so. Good. We just put them in a room. We're like, we have a. <laughs> this we room. have a, that cooler is for y'all, and uh, here's a mic. You can't come out till it's all gone. <laughs> just lock them in with the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> Those are ungrateful pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just <laughs> send them back in time. I mean, that's what they would be saying. Uh, that'd probably be a one. They're mic, not pieces of a shit. A one mic episode, right? Where we just put like a condenser, <laughs> like a microphone, and oh, like a, in a lamp. That's <laughs> we're talking about entrapping people, <laughs> that, yeah, and entrapping our bodies, that's risky, and, <laughs> and, and hazing them essentially like their <laughs> pledges, <laughs> and then recording it. And that's you know our most listened to epi- episode. Hey y'all, it's actually been uh, over one year of doing the pod now. Oh, that's guys. true. First yeah, one was the uh, first, what, the, in Florida? The first pod we ever did was, I believe, on Will's birthday. Yeah, well, I mean, I think at that point, oh, yeah. I think at that point, it was Sienna Chandler's birthday. Yeah, past given, ah, given okay. the time of night. Uh, but yeah, that was on that was in November. Yeah, well, obviously, Florida, obviously. chilling at the hotel. One year of the pod. Is there anything you know retrospective that we we need to recap? I mean, it's all kind of been documented. 
on the podcast Let's itself. See. So best bit in podcast. Yeah, greatest hits. <laughs> greatest bits. I think I think <laughs> my I well, something comes to mind and that's the laser guy. Oh, dude, the <laughs> laser guy dude, story what's, what's is going, really good. What's going on with the laser dudes, man? Have you had any contact with Krim? Slam and Krim? Shrimp, Shrimp nor Krim <laughs> has has reached out to me, but uh like I said, they were Brad Paisley's laser guys uh for wow. his live show dude brad paisley doesn't have lasers man. he hasn't <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> since 2016 oh he's playing so like i'm so they're... much cooler online and like they're doing lasers so much cooler so much cooler well check it out uh robert you left me a brad paisley cd in the car and uh I actually, oh, I actually shit, know I right. most of the words to that song now. Fifth it's really year. good. Yeah, that's a great album. Yeah. Yeah. With creamy, lotiony hands, you can't grip a tackle box. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been, I've been uh, spamming that one. Dude, talk about someone who, who shreds, doesn't get enough credit for how sick he is at the guitar. Brad Paisley fucking nice. rocks, dude. Great politics, too. Of the last year, podcast bit that comes to mind... And maybe this is a good place for us to wrap it if we all have a little thing. I would say the I would say the neighborhood goose reading that kicked off our uh, New Year's episode last year mm, was the Golden Birthday episode was uh, quite enjoyable um, upon multiple listens. Um, yeah, man, that's a great book. Yeah, dude, Jay did so. Jay hit the ho- hit the Grand Slam. Uh, during that last Wiffle game, or he at least hit a Jack Arnold hit it Jack, to tie it at Jack the end Arnold. of the finals. Yeah, yeah, but Jay Jay at least hit a home run that I got on video. That I mean, we got we got Jay, myself, and Travis all in one inning hitting dingers. Jeez, who was pitching? Wow, uh, I believe it was Mar- Martin Brown. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, because it was the first round of the consolation bracket against Heat. That was a great Sorry, game. Marty. All right. Well, we got to make some moves here, uh, safe to say. Get Anybody, to the, uh, um, are rest- we up to an hour? We got it. Going to the restaurant lounge. Rob would probably have an accurate time. Or you did too. I got a, I got an act. You got an act? Uh, we're at 59 minutes in five seconds. Oh, you got five seconds, dude. Sign it off. All right. Wayuka Rogan, uh, uh, out. Out. We love you, 2022. Uh, you've been great to us. And... Um, and sh- and check out Jack Cherry's little or uh, not little big release. Oh yeah, the full record. There you go. Go check it out. Peace. Bye. Right. Oh it, oh oh. Uh, I, I'm also gonna drop. Oh yeah. Something this week uh, too. This week. Next week. Is Sick. it uh? Is it's a full full project? Are you calling it a record uh, or a mixtape? What mini mini album. Perhaps. Ooh, I like it. That's nice. Better than an EP. Nine songs ish. Sick, man. A brand so, new category. Shoot it over. Before. All right. Cool. Well, I, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we uh, see Robert for Christmas or something, and can put together another best of a uh, year-end episode. Maybe but bring yeah, back Larson. maybe not. Would love to dap you, dude. If you, if you're back in the A. Let's <laughs> let's dap. All right. Y'all too. <laughs> all right click all right all right peace y'all thanks okay bye see ya Why you